1: It's
0: a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. you want those
4: idiots who believe in analytics?
5: Good Friday morning, too. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, glad to be here on the show today. Our number two with Las Vegas Chris always love when Chris comes and hangs in studio Uh, professional better multiple contest winner finished second and fifth last year with his two entries in circa he will be here in studio to talk nothing but football with us Uh, and the whole thing with Chris is always we don't want to give a man a fish and have food for a day we want to teach him how to fish and have food for a lifetime that is Chris's mo really i uh, putting words in his mouth, but that's generally what we uh, we aim to do in hour number two of this talking pro football, handicapping and other subjects we will drift. That's for sure. Uh, Paul Carr will be here. He was here yesterday to give us futures plays and props plays season long plays in the Premier League. Well, he's got the actual game plays today. Uh, for us for the first weekend of the Premier League, Paul Carr will join us here uh, later this hour from ESPN Chalk and Mark Mark Borchard momentarily from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert to talk baseball with us as well. Um, among other things, we made uh, one of the many staples on a numbers game through the years has been brain dead late season MLB parlays. Oh, yes. Who doesn't love the brain dead MLB parlays? And we always did them in September. Maybe late August, right? Maybe we'd creep it to late August. And so uh, Mark and I will get into discussion as to whether or not that has drifted even further. And that brain-dead MLE parlays should be a staple of like a second after the uh, uh, trade deadline happens. Because this has just been ridiculous in Major League Baseball. And tennis picks. We will do that as well. We'll recap our tennis picks from yesterday. First, yesterday, one of these you know, Thursday night, random Thursday night, early August, early to mid-August now, let's call it, and, you know, there were only two NFL games on. Baseball had all sort of been played out in the daytime. And there was the standalone Field of Dream games. Between baseball, football, that one Field of Dream games, uh, that one Field of Dreams game, Field of Dreams? Field of Dream? Field of Dreams game, thank you. Uh, and then the uh, NFL preseason <laughs> shenanigans with the Patriots at Washington. Those were, I mean, those amazing Betting implications, obviously, just from a sports fan standpoint, unbelievable, but from betting implications, ridiculous. And it wasn't even the best thing I saw last night, not to steal something from SVP. But uh, as far as the baseball game, Field of Dreams, in uh, in Iowa, it was just, So first of all, it was such a cool-looking thing. And as I said yesterday on the show, I don't know why I want to go there and visit that field in the middle of uh, of Iowa, but I just do, and I can't explain why. Maybe it's what James Earl Jones said way back in the day. If they build it, they will come. And I think I do. I think that I would like to. Uh, but it was beautiful. And uh, what was a seven to four? White Sox headed into the ninth inning, uh, two down for the Yankees, one man on, two run jack, uh, two run jack from Aaron Judge to make the game seven to six. Then Joey Gallo walks, and then Giancarlo Stanton with the two run dinger, eight to seven Yankees uh, in the middle of the ninth. What a comeback! Unbelievable. And then with one out in the bottom of the ninth. Tim Anderson, two-run shot himself to win it uh, into the cornfield and right field for the White Sox. It was just everything you could have possibly wanted, unless, of course, you were Yankees better, and then the heart was just uh, ripped out of your soul for that. But that was amazing. And then uh, in the, uh, you know, a couple of football games last night, if you were a Washington teaser better in the National Football League or if you had, uh, uh, you know, a certain price on the game itself this one came, this one came down to uh was it washington was uh trailing this game well it was 15 to 13 first of all with washington attempting a two-point conversion so it was a multi-pronged thing washington had a chance to tie it couldn't convert the two-point conversion uh then with uh, just over a minute left of the game new England third down in their own territory washington calls timeout it was it like a minute minute 21 left in the game it's 15 13 um 3rd and 9 at the New England 9 pardon me 1 minute 4 left and uh Stevenson to the house 91 yards 20 20- it's just, that's the end of your Washington teasers or any hopes you might have had uh, after that two-point conversion failed. Uh, that was already the first dagger to any Washington uh, moneyline players. Just a uh, a, rem- a very quick reminder from rem- Ramondre Stevenson and the shenanigans of late football of what could happen in these NFL games. Uh, so the Patriots went at 22-13. to Really the big takeaway, though, was Mac Jones yesterday in that ballgame. Uh, Mac Jones, his stat line ultimately looking, you know, Okay, 13 of 19 for 87 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, one sack, but really seemed to be in control of that offense. It's Gil Alexander. It is a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, and looks like the trend for Mac Jones starting week one, it may be very real. It still wasn't the best thing that happened last night. It wasn't the best thing I saw again to steal from my SVP. The best thing was, one of our tennis plays by the way we were three and two in tennis yesterday we were two and one the day before so again grinding out. Uh, profit. And I do been grinding out in this tournament in uh, both in Montreal and Toronto. It started a little choppy early in the week. Now we're, we're starting to get the best of it as we crescendo to Cincinnati next week and then the U.S. Open. Uh, we we lost on Rebecca Marino catching five and a half games against Arena Sabalenka. That was not even close. And we did lose on Petra Kvitova as a minus 130 favorite uh, against Camila Georgi, who Really dominated her. But we won uh, tight matches on Azarenka plus 100. Sarah Saribas-Tormo plus 101. Uh, Azarenka beat Maria Sakharin Cerebus Torme beat Katarina Siniakova, And then the best thing, better than football, better than baseball, and I don't care what anybody tells me, and if you think I'm soft for saying women's tennis was the best thing last night, you go right ahead. I couldn't care less. Jessica Pagula's win over Danielle Collins. Was one of the greatest tennis matches on the ladies' side that I have ever seen in my life. It was just the height of physical and mental struggle late into the night in Montreal. And Jesse Bagula got it done for us uh, in three sets. Danielle Collins had won 12 matches in a row, she had won two tournaments in a row. And Jessica Bagula, uh, Buffalo Bills owner daughter, she got it done, and she's on her way to the quarterfinals. So we will have tennis picks uh, later on the show uh, a little bit, let's uh, say about a little less than a half hour from now. Let's talk baseball. Uh, let's bring him in from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert. Ladies and gentlemen,
3: you can follow him at Base Winner, the Base Winner podcast. It's Mark Borchard. How you doing, Mark? Yo, I'm doing really good. Gosh, it must have been one hell of a tennis match to outdo the... Field of Dreams game. Yes. Gosh.
5: The Field of Dreams game was awesome. But it was awesome in a way that baseball games are awesome. But man, oh man, anybody who was up watching that match last night, it was just epic. But yeah, the Field of Dreams game, I mean, where do you stand on that? I thought, you know, for all the stuff that Rob Manfred, for all the, the, the flack he gets and all the guff he gets, by the way, justifiably so on many occasions, uh, at least for a uh, for men of a certain age or for baseball fans of a certain age who remember Field of Dreams, that was pretty cool last night, huh?
3: That was awesome. That was the most spectacular display I've ever seen. Actually, the, the game was really good, too. But yeah. the set, I mean, they, they couldn't have done it any better. It was like Universal Studios at its finest. And it was just, I was in glory the whole time. Now, watching the game, I had the Yankees plus one and a half. And I was thinking, well, maybe this will this will get there. But it wasn't looking good. Then Judge hits the home run. And I'm like, okay, seven to six, just just stay here. Because, you, you know, when that happens, when you have the visiting team, you don't want anything else to happen. So then, Stan hits the home run, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh, no. Because, yeah, because because if Anderson hits the home run that eventually wins a game, and there's another guy on, you lose your bet. So. Uh, it, it had a, it was a lot of fun for me to watch that game and follow the bet. And it was really cool. I thought
5: we've all been there. You just uh, described the, uh, the thinking of a, of only a better, right? Like okay, lose by one uh, when you're in that betting <laughs> when you're in that betting situation. My only regret for that broadcast last night is that they didn't show Tom Verducci enough, who went all uh, you know nineteen aughts uh, clothing for his reporter's job. They should have gone to him more. He should also had a ticket in his hat. And I wish uh, you know Joe Buck had. Uh, had done the game in in early 20th century speech and started every sentence with, why, here come the Yankees to the plate, like that kind of thing. I think they should have gone it to the hilt. But it was fabulous. And as I said, uh, you know, I'd love to go visit. I know it wasn't the exact field. The field from the movies was adjacent to it. But there's the, uh, what do they call it, the corn maze, the hedge maze. I'd love to do that. Um, good for them, man. Good for Major League Baseball for that one. I have a question for you. So I alluded to this earlier. Uh, we have done on this show, and you've probably been around for it through the years. Brain dead MLB parlays, brain dead MLB money line parlays, late in the season uh, when teams are so clearly out of it, when teams have something to play for. You know, September, maybe even bled into late August. I would do these MLB brain dead parlays, and people would love them, and we and we'd make money. Uh, believe it or not, because we don't recommend them any other time of year. But here we are. It's it's not even the middle of August, and. Baltimore has lost eight in a row. And here are some of the, the, the runs that they've allowed in that eight game. Or here are all of them in the eight game losing streak. 6 12-10, six, 10-13. Those are the runs they've allowed. Texas Rangers, they've lost eight of nine. Here's, here's what they've scored in some of those games. In all of those eight losses. one, one, three, three, one, one alright let's go to the National League. I'll throw in the Marlins for giggles, although they're certainly not the worst defenders. They've lost five of six. Uh, Three of those five, they gave up eight, 13, and 14 runs. The Chicago Cubs, they may be the worst of the bunch. They've lost eight in a row 10 of 11, and 14 of 16. Uh, Here are some of the uh, run totals they've given up, 17, 10, 9, 8. I don't know why I stopped there, but those are the last four, I guess, or, or four amongst them. Pittsburgh Pirates, there's only a couple more here. Pittsburgh Pirates have lost eight in a row, 10 of 11, 14 of 17, 18 of 23. Here are some of the run totals they've allowed in those losses, 7, 11, 10, 7, 15, 12, 7, 9, 11, 7. And finally, the Colorado Rockies, who have lost 9 of 12, 7, 8, 7, 11, 13, 8, just a smattering of the run totals they've given up during that stretch. So let's throw, I mean, we can include Miami, we can't, so it's either it's either six teams or five teams, if you want to include Miami, it's Baltimore, Texas, Miami, the Cubs, the Pirates and the Rockies. These teams are so, so bad at baseball on the one hand, but seemingly aren't really even competitive in so many of these games, and in some cases are putting out lineups, I'm looking at you, Cubs, that to say they're A lineups, Mark, would be a compliment. The question becomes, why aren't we money line parlaying already? Obviously, there's going to be flare-ups on some nights, like the D-backs last night. But has baseball ever been, I've talked about the chasm between the haves and the have-nots for years. Has it ever been this bad, this early in a season?
3: Yeah, it's pretty bad, and it, I think it started in about I, I rem, you know remember capping earlier like in you know 2008 to 2012, and it wasn't this bad. But since 2016, yep. if you were just to bet favorites with a line with a heavy line of uh, minus 180 or heavier, uh, and I, I would listen to you when you talked to, at the opening of the show in the month of August or September, and this is a pretty decent sample size. Favorites of minus 180 heavy favorites or greater 843 and 294 plus 18,519 for a hundred dollars betters. It's pretty incredible. An ROI of 7% on a thousand game sample. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing.
5: Wow. Do that last one again. If you could August and September
3: favorites of minus 180 or better. Give that number again. 843 and 294 straight up. The units is 18519 on a $100 bet, and the ROI is plus 7%.
5: There you go, boys and girls. Value is value. And this is really tough to explain. Now, on a numbers game, uh, people who listen are more sophisticated. I think at night we have more new bettors on primetime action. So on primetime action, sometimes I will double it down and say, okay, if you're new to betting or if you're newish to betting, You know, we understand that the notion, right? People understand spreads in this country. Basketball and football, for whatever reason, it's more ingrained. Oh, Cowboys are favored by seven over Washington. I get that. They got to win by more than seven to win the bet if you're betting the Cowboys. But when you go to money lines, and by the way, money lines are derivative, right? They all all stem. They're all derivative of each other because there are money lines in football too. We just don't talk about that as a currency. But in baseball, we do only talk money lines primarily. That's where we start. And the notion of laying minus 180 or God forbid north of 200 on random pitchers these days or God forbid flirting with $3, like that drives new bettors crazy. But I think one of the things that you, and and we have bettors right at this network and, and we all know these friends who are like, oh, I don't bet baseball favorites above minus 145. That's my cutoff. And I always, that always like, it just doesn't agree with me, right? It's like, that's, that's not what we're doing, you and I anyway. And those numbers reflect what we're talking about.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you got to look at the math. And, I mean, I've always been, hey, if if the model likes it, the model likes it, no matter what the price is. And, I mean, I'm almost thinking, even if my model doesn't like it, with, with numbers like these in the last two months of the season, you've got to look at heavy favorites. I mean, I, I could see if it was 100 games or something, but we're looking at – you know, in, in the, in this sample, we're looking at like 1100 games. I mean, it's a decent sample, Gil.
5: Yeah. And, and that mine is, you know, I w I won't bet anything above this certain amount that that was probably good five, six years ago. You could probably get away with that back then. Like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, it's like, these teams are super competitive, man. That's so in the rear view, like, it's just not the sport that it once was. What do you like today? Full slate of baseball on a Friday.
3: Okay, well, I'm gonna go out west. There's two games I like, and we'll start in Anaheim with the Angels. Uh, They're priced at uh, plus 125. And uh, I think we're getting value in this game. Uh, Sandoval on this three-metric chart, which takes an expected strike rate, our uh, starts swinging strike rate, which gives you expected strikeout rate, uh, expected walk rate, and hard hit per nine. He's an 89-percentile pitcher, and Greinke's only a 56-percentile pitcher. And then if you go over to basewinner.com and you take a look at the base winner ERA, Greinke's like a 4.80 base winner ERA, and Sandoval's at 4.0. So I think we get a better pitcher. And then I'm going to Go to uh, Toronto, favorite of mine this year, Robbie Ray, and uh, I'm going to lay the wood on this one minus minus 163. Uh, Flexen has not been flexing his muscles lately. Uh, three <laughs> the, the, the three metric chart: Robbie Ray's an 87 percentile pitcher, Flexen is a 38 percentile pitcher, and uh, if you look at, over at BaseWinner.com, Flexen 4.94. Uh, expected ERA and Robbie Ray, a 3.48 expected ERA. And one last thing I want to say this Toronto bullpen over the last 14 days, second in baseball by the bull by the bullpen three metric chart. And oh, one other thing is they are third in baseball on the road. If you look at their weighted runs created on on the road, they are third in baseball uh, at 104 and Seattle is is 27th in baseball at home with an 89 weighted runs created plus. So, for all those reasons, I like the Blue Jays today, Gil.
5: All right, so Angels behind Sandoval, my, a plus 120 dog in that one, and then Robbie Ray and the Baby Jays. On the road at seattle against uh, chris flexen not as good as you're a lot of odor not enough easy what was it the other day <laughs> for Jake to
3: uh, he's recently he's <laughs> been a lot of odor and not a lot of easy but uh you know Flexin he's not going to be flexing his muscles tonight
5: yeah right. so robbie ray the other one so angels and blue jays and by the way let me just give you a shout out because this is i don't know i wish i knew the date on when we first brought this up with the al cy young award maybe it was like six weeks ago two months i'm not sure when and I was like, all right, is there a long shot? Like, who's the who's the guy that should win the AL Cy Young? Because I guess Garrett Cole had just, it was just post-crackdown on the sticky substance, and we're like, okay, maybe he's not gonna be the guy. Is it Rodon? Is it Lance Lynn? And you and you immediately said at a hundred to one, who did you say? Do you remember?
3: Mr. Robbie Ray, Gil.
5: You said Robbie Ray. And you know what? We might have snickered a little bit. We might have snickered. And look, Robbie Ray is in the mix here. I don't know if he's going to get there, but he's like, what, 20 to one now? Uh, He is definitely a possibility. And the reason I say he's a possibility, let's go to Lance Lynn, who pitched last night at the Field of Dreams. Um, Lance Lynn is the favorite now for the American League Cy Young Award. His XVIP and Adam Candy brought this up on Primetime Action last night, and I want to get this right. His XVIP, I believe, is three point eight one. Um, and so again, with voters for you know, with voters for the Cy Young, you always have to wonder. Okay, who's paying attention to these metrics, Gil? I mean, that's cute that you do, but how many of these voters are actually doing it? So his, uh, yeah, let me get this right. Yeah, his XVIP is in fact do 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 do. It is. 3.87. Pardon me, I sold him short even.
3: Can, yeah, can but you, it's consistent with the base winner ERA too. He has a 3.97 base winner ERA. So I know I know what you're saying. Yeah, so like can that dude win a Cy Young being that mediocre? I don't know if people are looking at advanced stats, but if they are, you can't you can't give it to him. I mean you, you gotta go and Garrett Cole's out, so like, okay, well he's got the best base winner ERA in the in the American League still with all the sticky stuff. Then it's Rodone, he's hurt. And then it's it's Robbie Ray. So I mean, that's kind of how it shakes up with with my base winner ERA.
5: Okay. Um. And uh, and Zach Wheeler appears to be your NL guy.
3: I you know I I would give it for me. I'd give it to Degrom because he's been so dominant. And, wait wait. I mean, De-
5: Degrom without ever having to pitch again, or Degrom if he shows up in early September and gets four or five
3: I more give starts. Give this to him right now. Now this is the difference between him and Wheeler in base winner ERA. Degrom one point four four base runner ERA. He's pitched ninety two innings. He displayed as as much as he could display. He was just just dominant. And then Wheeler, I've got a three point one four. So it's it's. Uh, to me, I, to me, I go, I go with Degrom. That's just kind of the way. I look
5: Wow. At it. You're, you're even more DeGrom fanatical than I am. I, I mean, I've been getting flack for saying if he comes back, cause they say he's coming back September, right? We don't know when that means, but if it were September 1st and he had like four or five more starts under his belt, under his belt, and he was every bit as good as he was before, then I'm in the camp of, I don't care how many innings this dude is, is behind Zach Wheeler in terms of total innings. He's your Cy Young award winner. Period. End of story. But you're even, you're even going one step further. You're saying if he never sets foot on a field again this year, he should be the Cy Young Award winner. By the way, he's like twenty twenty five to one now.
3: Oh my gosh, that's a good that's a good price. I, I book it because. The guys has been so dominant, and even if you look at his like war, his war compared to Burns and Wheeler, he's at a 4.9, and he hasn't pitched for a month. And and Burns is 5.6, and and Wheeler's at 5.6. So I I just, I mean, I've never seen stats this dominant by one pitcher. So if he go if he comes back in September, I think he might get it, Gil.
5: Yeah, well, I think he's got to come back. Uh, you're saying he doesn't even have to, but I'm, I'm saying he's got to come back. But if he does, I am so with you. Because people it's amazing how quickly people forget, right, oh, he's been injured. We we can barely remember the fact that he was the greatest pitcher we've ever seen over such a stretch in our lifetime. This is ridiculous how good he was. So that that's very interesting. Mark, the Angels and the Blue Jays, the picks for today, always appreciated, man. Thank you so much for, for the numbers and the perspective.
3: Yo, my pleasure. I enjoy talking with you.
5: Thank you, sir. Those those are numbers that uh, Borchardt gave for minus one eighty favorites or greater in August and September are phenomenal. Good stuff from Mark. We'll come back. Tennis picks on the way. Paul Carr's Premier League picks, and uh, let's look up for New York City again for New York State, uh, the state of sports betting. Adam Candy will play that back. Something we didn't play yesterday. Something else right here on a numbers game at Veasan, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Welcome back to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. With football season
5: just around the corner, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're gonna love BetMGM's state of the art technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly, gambling prom, call 1-800-522-4700. Speaking of football, uh, you know uh, Jason Kahn, producer number seven. Hello, Jason, by the way. How you doing, man?
3: Cornyn, hey, Gil.
5: Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a few uh, preseason games tonight, and you know I'm not much of a preseason better. But uh, I'm not saying I have it in my account yet, but by game time tonight, I think I'm going to have a bet on the Detroit Lions, who are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Interesting. Yeah. Lines moving that it, way. It's hard not to think Dan Campbell's not going to make this a big deal. And Buffalo wants no part of anything in preseason, one would think. So I just want to throw that out there. Uh, yesterday, uh, we talked, uh, we were on with Bill Krakenberger second hour yesterday, and Adam Candy. Um, came up because we wanted to talk about the biggest, one of the biggest uh, sort of pillars yet to fall for sports betting in this country is New York State, and a lot of our listeners are in the tri-state area. And, um, you know, Adam Candy gave reasons on Primetime Action the other night as to why this hasn't happened or what is going on, what are the details that are going on in New York um, that need to happen to make sports betting mobily, If you know what I mean, Uh, that's what we're really trying to get done in New York to make that happen. And my question to him simply uh, the other night was, why is it taking so long? Here's Adam's answer.
1: Uh, there are multiple reasons for it, but ultimately it comes down to money. It comes down to who gets the money. And uh, I don't need to tell any of you who are uh, in our MSG Plus audience uh, that Governor Cuomo, of course, is now going to be out of office, and it was Governor Cuomo who wanted this strange process that ultimately is going to require these sports books to give back as much as 60% of the revenue that they make to the state. Uh, it's being run through the state. And so in order to be part of it, that's this whole bidding process. And the bidding process is essentially, how much money are you willing to give back to the state? Now, why does that matter to you? Why should you care? You just want to be able to bet on an app, right? Well, what you want is to get competitive prices yes. on those apps. Maybe you are betting currently with a local person. Maybe you are betting in far off places in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want the prices on those legal apps to be competitive. and the more money that any of these books has to give back to the state, the less likely it is that they can offer. We talked about dime straddles. We Mm -hmm. talked about being able to offer competitive pricing. It's just like any other tax situation. It gets passed on to the consumer in the end. It gets passed on to the consumer. That's exactly right. They're not eating it. They're passing it along. And so, and by the way, 60%, are you serious? It is is expected that it will take at least 60% to get the winning bid because the way the system is set up the New York State Gaming Commission set up a scoring system. The more revenue you offer back to the state, the more points you get in your scoring. So then is it, a, is it your opinion that if it is
5: set at 60% or even higher that the books can offer competitive pricing? Because as you know, and as you just mentioned, if you fail to offer that, you will, you will fail to achieve the very goal that you wanted from the outset with legalized sports betting, which is to bring people from the local person, as you said, or the offshore book
1: into a legalized setting that is one of the primary goals of this new york wants to make 500 million dollars a year in tax revenue and that's part of the reason they set these lofty goals but of course as you said can you offer that pricing Well, that's where this weirdness of the bidding process comes in. Why do you have so many books bidding together on this? In some ways, they could be sharing the cost, right? Because for some of these books, it's not reasonable to come in here and bid by themselves. There are multiple bids from single operators. FoxBed, Bet365 uh, have come in and put individual bids, but three of the bids involve sportsbooks coming together. And mind you, when we talk about DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, these are the three books lead the country in market share. Mm -hmm. They are fiercely competing in other markets, and yet the strange process and this 60% share in New York has forced them to come together and form the greatest mega powers since Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. Wow! I did not expect a wrestling (laughs) reference,
5: but here we are. Wes Reynolds when you need him? That's the best New York breakdown of sports betting I've ever heard. That, it really was. Adam Candy, great job on Time actually, the other night. So there's your explanation, New York, uh, as to why this has uh, this process has been delayed. And uh, again, the goal, the Super Bowl. You won't have uh, mobile betting in New York uh, before that, but that is the line in the sand where they're trying to get it uh, to happen by then. We'll see. But great explanation from Adam Candy. And uh, there was Danielle there. Sweet Danielle, her last uh, night was last night, so we uh, we wish her well uh, as she uh, transitions to another part of the network right here at Visa as well. We'll come back. Tennis picks, then soccer picks, then football, football, football with Las Vegas Chris in studio. It's a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network.
6: Welcome
0: back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Friday's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing
5: Pod will come from Arlington Park near Chicago. That's where Saturday's final running a Million Day precedes the anticipated closing of the track next month. Top trainer Larry Ravelli leading jockey Jareth Loveberry, Equibase chart caller Nicole Newlist, and DraftKings Sportsbook's Johnny Avello are the guests. Subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or download it Friday morning at vcin.com slash podcast. That's the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, everybody. It's sponsored by first bet, it's Gil Alexander. Yesterday, uh, three and two on the tennis picks as we grinded out a little bit of a profit. Two and one the day before that uh, was. It, it's been a, it's been a choppy tournament in both, in both Toronto and Montreal. The Rogers Cup, a, a level one thousand tournament on both the men's and the ladies' side. Again, Cincinnati, both the men's and the ladies in Cincinnati next week. Although there's been a lot of withdrawals, some of the biggest names, which is very unusual. And then the U.S. Open. So there's a lot of big names, particularly on the men's side. and I'm, Looking at you, Nadal and Djokovic and Federer, who are going to go in cold into the U.S. Open, uh, which should be interesting. But, um, you know, we're getting it done nonetheless on the tennis side with that uh, with that performance yesterday, the 3-2. and two. And, again, capped late night by Jessica Pagula's win over Danielle Collins. Danielle Collins had won 12 matches in a row and two tournaments in a row. Uh, we took Pagula, who was our 34-1 to pick, if you recall, on Monday, we took Pagula at 34 to one to win this tournament. The best six-month hard court numbers among anybody who is participating in this tournament. We have four picks today. Four. Now some of these lines will have moved. <clears throat> pardon me. Some will have moved uh, in our direction. And I think there's a couple that might have gone the other way. The first one is on the men's side. It's the only one on the men's side. We're taking Roberto Bautista Agut. Um, at minus 141 versus the hard-serving American Riley Opelka. Um, this has gotten away a little bit. I'm seeing minus 156 now on, on Bautista Ogut. Yeah, I don't know if I would play it at minus 156, quite frankly. You, you're on, yeah, I would say minus 150 would probably be the highest I would play yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go crazy if you play it at minus 156, but I'm just saying wouldn't trigger a bet for me at that number. But at minus 141, where I got it last night, anything up to about minus 150, if you can get that, and you always shop around, because maybe you'll be able to find something south of minus 150. Uh, Bautista Gut would be the play. Opelka is of the, the John Isner ilk. He is sort of a poor man's John Isner. Doesn't really have the targeting ability on his power serve that Isner does. Isner is just elite beyond belief on uh, on just being able to manipulate his serve at any given moment, however he wants. But Opelka has gotten the best of it. He beat uh, Lloyd Harris yesterday, the South African, a guy who had just beaten Rafael Nadal in D.C. He beat him with two tiebreakers in sets two and three. So that's always the concern when you fade a guy like Opelka. But he's been getting the better of variants. Uh, so often now in this tournament, Bautista Gut is the better player by the data by far. So that's the play. I got Bautista Gut at minus 141 against Opelka. That's the one play on the men's side. Again, play Bautista Gut up to about minus 150. Try not to go higher than that. On the ladies' side, uh, three of the four quarterfinal matches we are making a play on. By the way, the one we're not making a play on is the Coco Golf Camila Georgie match. Where uh, Coco Golf is a favorite and has only had to play 22 total games to get to the quarters, we're staying away from that one. But we are playing Victoria Azarenka plus 145 versus Arena Sabalenka. Sabalenka is the number one seed in this tournament, but uh, Vika, as they call Victoria Azarenka, her. Her data, her uh, hardcore numbers are actually, and let me get uh, right to the number because I don't want to lie to you. I'll tell you exactly. Vicky Azarenka's uh, six-month numbers, uh, 106.5 when you put together her serve percentage and her return percentage, and uh, Irina Sabalenka not quite up to snuff over the uh, over the six-month period of time by comparison uh, she is below that, and uh, let me see if I can find her here. Yeah, she's 103.8. Now, uh, even in the 12-month numbers, Sabalenka creeps up to about 104.6. Azarenka still maintains her advantage at 107. Azarenka, we got her as a dog winner against yesterday, 145. A nice price to play. On Azarenka now. Factored in here, obviously, on the price is that Sabalenka had a very easy two-setter against Rebecca Marino yesterday, and Azarenka had to struggle in that three-setter against Sakkari because that was a heavy match. So clearly, there's a uh, built into this line. There's a bit of that that's involved where Sabalenka should be that much more uh, fresh. It is assumed. Uh, I'm bucking that. I'm going Azarenka plus 145. Love that number. Cerebes Tormo. I actually think, by the way, Azarenka's number, let me uh, see if you can get it better. No, that one's a little lower, plus 137, but still playable. Now, I think these next two, I think you may actually get a better number than I got last night. Sarah Cerebus Tormo, I took it plus 173 versus Carolina Pliskova, who, as you recall, we bet to much success at Wimbledon deep into that tournament. You can get Cerebus Tormo at about plus 188, even 15 cents better than I did. So uh, good for you if you get it at that price. Uh, just It's just a price play. Uh, Cerebus Tormo has, has very solid... Very solid hard court numbers, um, as does Carolina Pliskova. But you know, Pliskova is the much more well known name, and it might surprise some folks uh, that her uh, that her hard court numbers over the last six months, and really over the last twelve months, kind of okay 101.8, 101.4 aggregate serve percentage and return serve percentage points one. Whereas Cerebys uh, Tormo. She, over the last uh, six months, uh, is at 103.9, 103.8 over 12 months, so actually better numbers. So plus 173, I'll take a flyer on that. You can get it at a better number now, plus 188. And then, no surprise, the third play on the lady side and our fourth overall play, Jessica Pagula once again at plus 122. Uh, and based on her really grueling match against Danielle Collins last night, which uh, I'm sure the betting market is factoring in, and that's why, well, it's plus 123, so it's still the same number it was when I bet it pretty much last night, one cent better even. Uh, Jesse Pagula, plus 122, as I've mentioned time and time again during this week, the best six-month court numbers on the ladies' side of all the ladies that are involved in this tournament. Remember, there's no Osaka, there's no Ash Barty, there's no Igis Fiatek, so there are some absences, but of the, of the ladies that are in this tournament, Jesse Pagula, uh, is, is tops, six-month data. 12-month data, uh, she's right up there with with uh, Azarenka. On taking nothing away from Jabbour, because the Tunisian has been phenomenal, um, but just really based on the numbers, she has not been riding uh, nearly as high as uh, the numbers that Jessie has had. So if Pagula can uh, get some rest, be a little fresh, that's the last match tonight. So she does get a full day to sort of uh, regroup Jesse Pagula plus 122 versus Anjabur is pick number. Four. So it's Bautista Good, minus one forty uh, minus one forty one is where I got it versus Riley Opelka. Don't play it higher than minus one fifty. Victoria Azarenka, plus plus one forty five versus Arena Sabalenka plus one thirty seven where I see it now still good. Sarah saribas Tormo, you'll get it at plus one eighty eight. I got it at plus one seventy three versus Carolina Pliskova. And Jessica Bagula plus one twenty-two versus Jabor. I see a plus one twenty three consensus out there now. We'll come back. Premier League picks with Paul Carr next, and then nothing but the NFL with a Las Vegas Chris, hour number two. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: to a numbers game with Gil Alexander.
5: As summer heats up, so does the sports betting action at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSEN1000, and your first is risk-free up to $1,000. Man, place your bets. on All the exciting showdowns at MLB, MLS, and more sports from around the globe. And when you register with BetMGM, you also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odd specials. From breathtaking goals to colossal home runs, the king of sports books takes every play to a new level of excitement. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VSIN1000 to get back up to $1,000 on your very first wager. New customer offer, payment-free bets, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Yesterday, he was kind enough to join us to talk uh, season-long Premier League wagers, futures, relegation, Top four, all kinds of special props, Uh golden boot today, the premier league week one picks from true media networks, Paul Carr. How
6: you doing, Paul? I am well that uh, I'm still riding the high of that field of dreams game from last night. That was something special.
5: That was great, huh? And you said the MVP should be who or what?
6: Uh, the drone operators. My goodness. I mean, they had a canvas to work with that you don't have at a normal MLB game, obviously, but they got some just gorgeous shots. Uh, You know, the one that went through the house uh, was particularly impressive. So yeah, great job by Fox and the production team of capturing all the glory of that game as well as they could.
5: I'm glad you said that. I really really appreciated that as well. Again, we were doing primetime action, so we had one eye on that while doing a show. But like the overhead shot of the vast cornfields, obviously the Mm -hmm. maze. Uh, both baseball fields, the one they used last night and then the adjacent one that they used yep. in, in the film, but like, yeah, the sky with its pink colors over, That's over great. the field. Um, just, it was just awesome. And you said, uh, you were reacting earlier and thank you for listening. Always. Uh, so closely, but I, but <laughs> I uh, I was saying I can't really articulate why I want to, why I want to travel there and see this field, but somehow I do. And you had an explanation for this.
6: Well, I, I felt the same way. Cause I haven't been, and I want to go. And then when I was watching, last night, they played the clip, the James Earl Jones speech, which is one of the you know all-time great movie speeches to me. And he said that, you know, this is a piece of our past and it reminds us of everything that was once good and can be good again. And that's, that's a sentimental thing, but I think that's part of it. It's just the, there's a beautiful simplicity to it all. And, you know, we we live in this world of technology and and wonderful things that keep us so plugged in. And sometimes it's just nice to same reason you go to a ball game. Sometimes in general, it's just to kind of experience that. And it's just on another level if you can get out there uh, in the middle of a cornfield and such. Yeah, shout out to the uh, the good people the good people of uh, Dyersville, Iowa,
5: um, mm-hmm. where the, where the game was played yesterday. Uh, the James Earl Jones quote again: "This field, this game, it's a piece of our past. It reminds us all of that uh, uh, of all that once was good, and that could be good again." Or that could be again. Uh, that's phenomenal. Maybe that's why, Paul. Maybe that's why. But now it's been articulated. All right. Uh, much different from our baseball. The Premier League, the beautiful yeah. game in England. All right. So ESPN Plus, you got the article best bets for the English Premier League. By the way, thanks for all those picks yesterday. All mm-hmm. those season long plays. Um, let's. Can we start with Chelsea? Can we start with there? Yeah. Uh, because obviously yeah. they they played a uh, under just the other day. Not Premier League, but they played it under. Uh, elsewhere and um, they take on Crystal Palace and I'm curious, are we starting off with a Paul Carr Chelsea
6: under? Uh, yes is the short answer I, I have a sprinkle on this game a half unit for me on this uh, under two and a half plus 105 you get a decent price on this against Crystal Palace. Uh, the big question mark here is Palace has a new manager and Patrick Vieira who used to play for France he used to manage NYCFC here in the US uh, and he says they're going to be a more attacking side and play more proactive which could open this game up. I don't know whether or not to believe him because every new manager says that about every team. Uh, and, you know, it happens half the time or something. So I, I still kind of like the under because Palace did. They signed a couple of defenders. So I, I think they'll still be kind of cautious in this game. But you, you just don't know uh, what you're going to see. There's no Lukaku for Chelsea yet. Uh, They announced that signing yesterday, Uh, but I I am playing the under uh, half unit for me at plus one Oh five under two
5: and a half. All right. That's tomorrow, 7. A.m. Pacific 10 a.m. Eastern the under on the Chelsea crystal palace game. There is a game today. The premier League season kicks off today at noon Pacific 3 p.m. Eastern Brentford and Arsenal, by the way, in all of our discussions uh, yesterday about, you know, uh, Liverpool and uh, Man City, uh, Chelsea up at the top. Arsenal, not, not really part of the conversation. Where do you stand on them generally? And then what about this game?
6: Yeah. I mean, generally I feel like they just kind of are what they have been the last couple of years. They're probably, you know, the sixth ish best team. I I don't think they're really going to threaten for top four. I don't think they're in much danger of falling lower than eighth, which I think they finished there last year. So they're just kind of, they're kind of there in that second cut of teams right now. And I think we'll see some of that today against Brentford, which is a brand new premier league team they've never been uh, in the premier league. And they were the best team in the second division last season on the strength of a really good defense. And generally speaking, good defense has translated better when you move up to the premier league than a good offense has. So I think. What I like today here in this game is the under, under 2.5, minus 110. This is drifting. I think I saw it close to minus 130 today, which is about as far as I'd play it because both of Arsenal's top two strikers, Aubameyang Yang and Lacazette, are not playing in this game. Uh, so I like under 2.5. Brentford's got a solid defense. Arsenal. Really struggled the first half of last season to find their attack and their rhythm. So I, I like the under as both teams get started here today.
5: Under today, two and a half Brentford and Arsenal. By the way, we talk about uh, with relegation, bottom three teams of the twenty in the Premier League fall out uh, in the subsequent season. We rarely talk about how they decide the how does it, how do they determine who the three teams that come up are. Obviously, Brentford for the first time. How do they determine that?
6: Yeah. So in England, it's a little different every league, but in England, three teams go up the top two in the championship go up automatically. So you finish first or second, you get automatic promotion and then three through six go to a playoff, you know, semifinals and final and the winner gets promoted. So Brentford really was the best team by all the numbers last year, but they had to win the playoff to get through after several years of playoff heartbreak trying to get up. So everyone's kind of excited and Brentford's kind of an analytics darling. Uh, they've been almost an experimental team, but they've just been very smart people. Moneyball would be kind of the shorthand way of saying it in soccer over the last few years. So a lot of people are excited to see what they can do in the top flight.
5: Jason ain't no darling like an analytics darling because an analytics darling don't stop. I believe is what they say. So Brentford in in a uh, play in situation, sort of like our our newfangled NBA play in thing to get into mm-hmm. the playoffs, if you will, a 14 yep. 14- Deal, although the NBA is a little more quirky for sure. All right, so Brentford uh, Arsenal under two and a half. That again is at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern today, as the Premier League season begins in earnest. Uh, tomorrow, we talked about Man United yesterday. You are not, uh, you are not bullish on Man U. You're taking the season win, season point total under. Let me get that right on Man yeah. U. They take on Leeds to begin their season. What's the play
6: here? I think we're going to see fireworks here Uh, Leeds on the road, especially last season is not a, we're going to park the bus and defend sort of team 13 of their 19 away games last year had three plus goals, including a a six to two win over Manchester United at Old Trafford. Uh, and, And just in general, no teams games had more, Non-penalty goals than Leeds did last year. Man um, United again—they're a a solid team. They have a lot of pieces. Their big question mark is kind of the defensive midfield and and the center backs until Rafael Varane uh, gets there, and he's he's a guy from Real Madrid who's going to shore up those center backs, but he's not there yet. Uh, so I, I just think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, United leads over two and a half, minus one sixty. I'm willing to pay the juice for that to uh, play the over two and a half on Saturday. Yeah, and
5: I always feel compelled, especially when a season begins with the Premier League, to uh, always call out the time. Uh, yeah. That one is at 4:30 a.m. Pacific. <laughs> so if you're on the uh, if you're in the Pacific time zone, probably not one you'll be awake for. Although who knows? I don't know your life. Maybe you will be. Right. 7:30 still awake? Maybe. Yes. 7:30 a.m. Eastern for Manu and Leeds. Uh, but minus 160. Like, how much juice
6: would you lay for this? Not a whole lot more than that. Probably probably minus 180 or so. But that's about it. Okay, so three totals thus far. A sprinkle on yeah. Chelsea, uh, Crystal
5: Palace under. Uh, then uh, today, the Brentford Arsenal under two and a half, and the Man U leads over early tomorrow morning. You do have one side you like tomorrow as well. I
6: yeah, we talked yesterday about um, fading Southampton uh, for the season, you know, favoring the relegation, taking the under on their point total and kind of continuing that trend here today. So I like Everton to win against Southampton on Saturday, a minus 110 the price I got that at. Uh, this is basically the same Everton team that finished in the top half last season. Uh, they have a new manager in Rafa Benitez, who I think is a pretty good fit for this group. Uh, You know, I I watched one preseason game of theirs. So it's jumping to extremely small sample size conclusions, but they looked pretty organized defensively. They look like they could uh, attack quickly in transition. So uh, I I like this Everton team. It's it's solid. It's against the same players. They've been together for a year plus for the most part. And Southampton doesn't have, again, their striker, Danny Ings, who scored a quarter of their goals last season. James Ward-Prowse might be sold, might be an injury question for this game. Uh, Yannick Vestergaard is a Danish defender that they've lost as well. So they've lost a lot of pieces. They're not very deep, which isn't good for the style that Southampton likes to play. Uh, and So I like Everton getting out of the gate well, winning this one, minus 110 against Southampton. All right. That one, like the uh, Chelsea game,
5: is at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern tomorrow morning. So Brentford Arsenal under two and a half today. And then tomorrow, Man U leads over two and a half. Everton winning outright over Southampton, minus 110. And then a sprinkle on the Chelsea Crystal Palace under two and a half. We only have a minute left, Paul. Um, So I'm curious, you are uh, famously a Kansas City Royals fan, but you are also a Miami Dolphins fan and with football season uh, just about to start, Joe, any thoughts, where do you stand? What's the outlook for you
6: and your Dolphins? How do you feel about them? I'm kind of not optimistic. Uh, I think the win total is nine and a half. I mean, I lean under on that. It kind of, my dad and I always go through the schedule and our best case scenario kind of came to 11 wins and realistically we're looking at eight or nine. Um, maybe it's just because we haven't seen enough from Tua so far. I mean, he had, you know, he looked great against the Cardinals. He looked great for a couple other halves uh, last season. So I'm not super optimistic. It's kind of a show me sort of thing. Like once I see like there's definitely the upside for Tua and the offense, and he's got better skill players uh, as he did last year. There's definitely some upside there, but I'm, I'm a little bit bearish right now. I'm not sure if that's just my eternal dolphins pessimism coming through <laughs> defeated or, or if yeah. it's there, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, I feel like they will be, Kind of like last year, just kind of hanging around the fringes of the wild card race for most of the season.
5: Yeah, and again, the big stat with Tua, he had the least separation. His his uh, receiving right. targets, the least separation from their defenders of any quarterback uh, in the NFL. So give him one more year to be yeah. fair, to see what you got yep, in Tua tugger Uh Paul Carr from the Expected Value podcast. And check out all his stuff at ESPN Plus on the Premier League. Thank you, Paulie. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend, man. Good luck with the bets. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Paul Carr, everybody, kind enough to join us for the second consecutive day on a numbers game. I'll tell you else who was kind enough to join us. Las Vegas Chris, multiple contest winner here, uh, handicapping uh, NFL contest, that is, here in Vegas. Finished second and fifth in Circa Millions last year. He'll join us next in studio. All Things Football, numbers game, Visa, the sports betting network.
0: Mo'Play. play